Welcome No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. As we're nearing the end of season one of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, we wanted to acknowledge all of our podcast guests who have been great and gracious in sharing their knowledge with all of us. And for something different this week, we're sharing highlights from four different guests, each with a message for this season of gratitude and appreciation. If you missed the original interviews, hop on over to sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast and listen to them there. So enjoy the show. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us today. And um, to my listeners, I want to tell you that Michelle is someone very special in my life. I've known her a number of years and she's someone that I've admired for a long time for many of the things that she'll share with you today. And prior to actually going live on this, we were reflecting about all the different things she could talk about and the changes in her life. Michelle has moved from the West Coast to the East Coast. She's worked internationally. She's been in the U.S. Senate running HR there. So will you talk to people about Humankind Be Both and the inspiration for that? Sure. Uh, Thankfully, and I should knock on wood, the businesses are doing well, but I wanted to find a way to give back on a bigger scale. And I had blown my knee out um, skiing, which really put a literal hitch in my get along. And I'm not used to sitting still, as you know. So that was stifling for me. But what it did is it gave me more time to think through things. And one of those things was the state that we were entering into. And it was during the debates. And I just saw a new low. I saw us um, egging each other on and getting so far on the I'm right, so you must be wrong. And there was no compassion, no, um, the bar, I think, was getting lower and lower. And I was just appalled by it. In the meantime, I had been to and from Africa quite a bit. And I saw how people with nothing were so joyful. I went to a village and it was amazing. No electricity, no running water, no internet, iPhone, blueberry, blackberry, crackberry, any of that. And they were so happy. They would give me literally the shirt off their backs. And I was here to bring them school supplies and things. In one of the villages, you know, they, they have goats and they use the milk. They wanted to sacrifice the goat in, in gratitude. I'm like, are you kidding? So I said, no, 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 I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> but, but it made me realize these people are so joyful and so giving. And I just left a very first world country where we're at each other's throats and we're throwing verbal stones as well as literal stones. And it was heartbreaking. And I realized at the end of the day, we all do the same. So humankind be both was kind of a reminder for myself as well as for others that I wanted to get out there. It's kind of a, a tap on your consciousness, if you will, about before you cut that person off or before you pull into that parking space because you have to have that one that's closer to the door. Realize that one little act of kindness could mean a lot more to the person that's receiving that, and it costs nothing. So I started a, um, a program called Humankind Do Both, and what we do is raise money uh, to give back to groups that walk that talk. And it could be domestic violence um, providers, it could be uh, service providers, or it could be for children's issues, it could be for the elderly. And we rotate the funds, whoever 
is walking that and we get nominations from people who are our customers basically um, like you saying you know you got the baseball hat and you got the sticky notes and things which I love by the way that you're using those and getting the word out but I want to create some type of contagiousness with this um, so we've got bumper stickers and things funny story um, about that is a, a golf shirt I think I shared this example with you um, person's going out to play golf and has the Humankind Depot's logo on it and gets paired with a person who she least likes to play with. So, of course, she's kicking a can thinking, oh, this is going to be, you know, a horrible day on the course and looks down and, you know, takes off her windbreaker and looks down and sees the logo. Well, you can't very well not be kind when you're wearing Humankind Depot's, or at least I'd like to think it. So I get a call at the end of the day and it's you and your darn shirt. I'm like, excuse me? do you know that I got paired with this person and I was very frustrated and it was going to ruin my golf game. And instead I found myself focusing more on her. She was an elderly woman. Um, she was very slow, which was part of my problem with playing with her to begin with. And, and she went on to explain how she intentionally had to focus more on her. And at the end of the round, the woman came to her and said, give her a hug and said, thank you so much. That was the, the best time I've had with this league. And thank you for making that happen. So giving up a little bit of our me, me, me focus and putting that towards somebody else, I don't care if you're wearing it on your hat, your back bumper, or the, the pocket of your shirt. Um, I just think it's a really important message. And if we could walk that talk, we would be in a much better place uh, locally, nationally, and internationally. So welcome, everybody, and I am really happy to introduce you to Allison Golden. That sticks out to me about Allison and why I wanted to share her with all of you is that when she has gone through changes, transitions in work and personal, home life, all of that stuff, what really sticks out for me is that, Allison, you have this vivaciousness and indomitable spirit about you and you also have this kind of like sassy <laughs> attitude which I really like because I want to be like you when I grow up I want to have more of that attitude did I leave anything out that you think it would be important for folks to know uh, I appreciate your comments about about change because I'm in my mid-50s and there you know really no one really prepares you for each generational shift, decade shift, and you kind of talk about it, but not really. And so I've just been observant of how women really help each other through this time. And so I'm happy to talk more about and share some insights. So you start to talk a little bit about habits, you know, getting in the habit of looking at what you've committed to or your life or all of that for yourself and as you coach your students, what are some other habits that you find have helped you to be particularly successful or for other people that you see um, who are successful? Are there habits that you see implemented regularly? Um, it, I, I'm going to share something that might not necessarily feel like a habit, but it's one I want women to break, and that's apologizing. Women say I'm sorry all the time. They apologize for their mere existence or if they have an opinion or if they 
you know, we've been trained to say I'm sorry, and it's the first thing out of their mouth. And so um, I had a friend when I was 19 years old tell me to quit saying that, and I've carried on her legacy. And it, it really makes a difference in how you feel about yourself when you're unapologetic. And so I live unapologetic. If you don't like me, I'm okay with that. When I was a kid, I read the Reader's Digest, and I don't remember the author. I'm too lazy to go look it up. But I was struck by, and I've tried to live by this, this motto, out of the 100 pe- 100% of the people you're going to run into in your life, 25% of those people are going to like you for all the wrong reasons. They're going to want to drain your energy because you are that bright star or they're going to think they can get something from you or whatever. 25% are going to dislike you for all the wrong reasons. They think they know who you are and they're clueless. There's just a mismatch. They, they haven't put the energy into knowing they just got turned off by one small thing on a small day. And 25% don't like you for the right reasons. They see your flaws and they don't particularly care for them. Okay. But the only people who really matter are the 25% who like you for all the right reasons. They accept you for who you are. They appreciate what you have to contribute to their life. And they like and appreciate and love you just as you are. And those are the people you worry about. If you let go of 75% of everybody else, life is far less complicated. So that's a trick in learning who fits into which bucket so you can um, release and not carry the whole load. We have to choose to be happy. Happiness doesn't come to you when you do all the right things. Every day you have to get up and decide, I'm, I'm, no matter what crappy thing's going to happen, I'm going to be happy. So I have no patience for people who don't choose to do that. Um, if you think about a time that someone gave you good advice, that just kind of stuck out and helped you go, light bulb moment. Is there a piece of advice that you received that has also kind of helped carry you forward? Um, Yes. You know, oddly enough, it came from my very shy, reserved mother when I was also 16 years old. Again, I was painfully shy. I would walk through the hallways with my head down and my face almost into the top of my books and holding my books tightly to my chest and, you know, scurrying through the halls to like not get through, to try and get through the hallway unscathed. I wasn't bullied or anything. This is just kind of how I approached the world. And I'd come home and I'd be miserable and sad and nobody likes me. And my mom, who was an amazing woman in her own right, but she really didn't know how to make friends. And we found this out later, years later when she and I were living together. But I, I didn't really know it at the time. And she says, well, what are you doing? And so I told her. And she says, well, here's what you need to do. You need to hold your head up high, put your books on your hip, create an open space, and look people in the eye and say hello first with a smile on your face. I'm like, really? She said, yeah. And so I did that. And I think I'm one of those extroverted introverts. But I, you know, so I go home and cocoon after all this outward energy some days. But I did that, and my life was was really transformed. So the takeaway is look at what you were putting out there, what energy, what approach you have, 
and reassess if it's not working for you, what can you do that's different? It can be as small as books on your hip and looking people in the eye with a, and smile and say hello. That's great. That's such a piece of wisdom. Thank right? you. And it's so simple. And, and, and that's the thing. It's always simple. All of the things that we do, it's not rocket science. I don't have to be a neurosurgeon. It's not life or death, big, huge, large-scale changes. It's just one affirmation of, I'm not sorry for who I am or what I have to contribute. I will be sorry if I've hurt somebody's feelings because I can be blunt. That's entirely different, right? But I'm not sorry for existing or knowing what my boundaries are. Well, welcome podcast listeners. Today, I am really excited to introduce you to Madeline Victoria. She is somebody who has already had a number one hit on the AMFM boards. She has another single that is being released. And then in addition to that, she's been a rodeo queen, a beauty pageant winner, and she also works with at-risk kids. So Madeline, welcome to the podcast, the No Labels, No Limits podcast, which it sounds like you live that philosophy. Yeah, it just, uh, you know, music I wanted to play, and that's another thing. I love country music. That's my, that's my main, my core, my genre. I love all kinds of music. I listen to all kinds of music, but the music genre I wanted to sing has been country my whole life. And, and that goes to the influences of, of my family growing up. And uh, I have so many uncles and, and just so talented. And they're also writers. No, no one professional, though. No one's ever done anything professional with it. And, you know, due to, you know, uh, different times back in the day, my, my grandparents, you know, had, they had to work for really hard, you know, for a living. And so music wasn't um, a thing to do for a living back then for them. And, you know, something my grandfather didn't kind of frowned upon. So I kind I take, I took that you know, that's one of my biggest uh, goals with my music uh, is, is inspiration for my family and why I started my band, because I wanted to do something for them. And it represents what what they weren't able to do. And they're they're all, you know, so supportive of it for me ever since I was, you know, in high school. So like uh, going back to my the, to country, that's what I wanted. I started that uh, I kind of just fell all together naturally. It's 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 crazy how when you have a goal in mind and you, you speak out loud of it and you want it and you believe it, it all, it seems like it could just comes together naturally. And so uh, that's what, you know, a couple of friends that didn't really play country music, but they played, you know, I knew they played really well instruments and I asked if they wanted to join my band and they said, yes, you know, I mean, they said, why not? And they knew how uh, dedicated I was and they saw my, my passion for it. So they, they all joined, um, you know, I, I have different members now. They kind of uh, rotate. I have so many in the, I don't have a set band right now, but I have so many musicians that play for me that are willing to sit in and, and just I have a, a pool of them that I can choose from now since I've been doing this for, for so long. And, you know, my vision for that is just being out on the road, enjoying the, the good parts of touring, enjoying being on the road with my band and, and the live music scene. That's my favorite thing to do. Uh, uh, along with you know there's a there's a whole broad roads in in the music industry and and what paths you could take within that and uh, live music and touring is just one of my passions a, a part of that so I want to back you up for just a minute because you said something that flowed right naturally off of your lips but I think listeners may not have caught it and that okay. was you said when you have a goal and you have a vision you you actually said there were three things you did to move forward and 
the first part was you have a vision and then you talked a little bit about making it happen, but in your own words, how did you do that? Sure. Yes. So in my, in my own, you know, everyone has their own faith. Everyone has their own routines. I believe it's just been natural for me. And I've been asked to describe this to people who, who may, it may not come natural to people, but it's just something that I do. I actually speak it out loud and I, I write down these, these goals of mine every day and whether whether I think they, you know, the actual goal comes true or not, I know, I know my destination and I know that writing down my destination, these different paths just come about and you, you, you have these goals, you, you have the structure, but you also have to go with the flow and, and see what, what comes your way with these, with these goals and, and whatnot. So I, I, I do the, the physical, I speak out loud, I write it down and then, you know, the, everything falls into place after that. And it may not happen as quickly as you want. It may not happen as soon as you want, but timing is everything. It will happen eventually. Uh, I will share this. I was different. You know, I, I, st- I guess I stood out, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid to sing in front of people. I wasn't afraid to do this. I wasn't afraid to do that. And they, they saw me as something different. So they started picking on me, you know, bullying me and whatnot. Again, I'm so thankful for my parents for being there. And I was able to express this growing up and not a lot of people have that. In middle school, it was really bad at one point where they would make up the website stuff about me and, and just different things. And, really bullying me in front of the whole school where I couldn't eat lunch anymore with it. I had to eat lunch in the, with the teachers, you know? So it's, it's it, people probably, you know, really don't know that about me. And I'm sharing this right now. So if I could go back to the younger self and tell myself, you're going to get through this, you're going to get through this and know that you don't have to worry at all anymore. That that's what I would say to my younger self. That's what I'm saying to you. Anyone else out there experiencing that you're going to get through it. Welcome podcast listeners. Today on the No Labels, No Limits podcast, we have a great guest, Josiah Bruni. Now, I know a number of my listeners. Josiah, could you share a little bit about yourself, what you think are some, maybe some things people should know about you, and then let's talk about your story. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah, for having me on this morning. So first off, what people should know is I am the Toms of music and art. We dreamed of a dream 20 years ago to teach kids how to teach them their music, publishing, their royalties, and it's now a robust after-school program that has exceeded my thoughts by far. But we have to be able to get our name recognition on it. Like It's going to be a free share, right? Um, And I love what you said because that's the thought. But, you know, it's kind of like when uh, Wallace Foundation brings out a budget or something or Annenberg supports you they just say just put my name on it you know say hey Annenberg stamped approved you know and shout out to Annenberg big one because they 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 help build us shout out to IECC Um, you know people like that you should be willing to shout them out and say thank you you know for what you taught me shout out to SEI as well like for real I now know my true cause value because someone cared enough to share something with me and teach me how to do it. I shouldn't go back and say, hey, that was me, you know, all me. And that's what I told one of my students. They said, "Um, I'm self-made. I said, no, I'm not. There's thousands of people that have molded me into who I am today. And I have to give them all the credit. And that's why I'm so appreciative. No, I'm not. There's thousands of people that have molded me into who I am today. And I have to give them all the credit. And that's why I'm so appreciative of that. Boy, you could be generous. None of us is where we are on our own. Yeah. I guess I have two questions for you. 
what are your success habits? What are the things that you do regularly, whether it's daily, weekly, or whatever, that allow you to continue to be successful and also help you regenerate yourself since you are on the go so much? Yes, that's a great question. So um, I can't think of the author's name right now, but there was a class I took that taught me, you know, business hours, you have to have like your nine to five, and then you have to have the time when you shut off and you have family time. Now that I have kids and, and my boys now, I do that. So I have my nine to five and then I come to my boys and then boom, they have maybe six to 12 or six to 10 whenever they fall asleep. And then I take my nap and then I wake up maybe around 2 a.m. and I start working on my projects. And I love getting up early in the morning when it's very quiet and no one's awake and I can just know and wake and I can just really hammer it out. And so that's how my body's programmed now to where I have a lot of times for everything and everyone um, because you have to be able to give it point 100%. And then also know when it's time to say no. So a lot of people, once you start making it, will start clinging on to you um, because they see the, the, the bright star in you now. But you've got to know when to say no and when to say, yo, that's not for me or not right now. And before I used to take on so much, I would get burnout. And so I've learned how to back away uh, because some people don't do the same for you. And so it's a new saying, uh, if you got my back, I got yours. <laughs> And so those are the type of things that you have to do as a, as a leader. Did you learn that because you reached burnout or you just learned it by trial and error that this person or this situation doesn't fit me anymore? By trial and error, <laughs> indeed. Uh, it took me, I say, 15 years to sleep where I'm really learning to just be okay with telling people no. It's after I went through SEI that I start thinking of, okay, my time is valuable. I have something that is really changing lives and it's a pattern that people are not only copycatting, but using now as uh, best practice and saying, if you do this for kids, it works. And we've been screaming it for maybe 20 years. So it's like, okay, let's get ourselves in the mix. Let's change the DNA. Uh, what's the data prove? What's our narrative? And what is going to be our action point to be in this world and be known? as that thought thinker for music changed the lives. I'm excited for, you know, the local community that you're in, but also for the broader community as this spreads and people get fired up about doing this. For this. Awesome. I thank you, Sarah. All right. Thanks, Josiah. And um, I know that this is family time that you took out. So thank All you. All right. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. So that's it for this week's episode. If you liked what you heard, please hop on over to iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. This helps us get the word out to more people just like you who want to live a no-labels, no-limits life. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.